Indiana basketball only had one game since we were last in the podcast studio. It was against Purdue. It was a rivalry game. It's always going to be one of the biggest games they have all season in Assembly Hall. Yet coming away from that, the biggest the biggest news story wasn't the four-game losing streak Indiana's on now. It, it, it wasn't the spiraling toward uh, falling out of the NCAA tournament, but it was the return of a head coach who had vowed for so long that he would never come back. Bob Knight came back to Assembly Hall on Saturday, making his return about 20 years after he was fired. He received largely cheers from the Assembly Hall crowd that you know, still loved him years after he had been fired, considering all the circumstances surrounding the controversial head coach. And we're going to break that all down on this podcast, what his return meant, but also looking at the state of Indiana basketball right now, 20 years after Bob Knight, as they fall pretty close to out, out, out of the NCAA tournament. We're back with the Indiana Daily Student Basketball Podcast. I'm Matt Cohen. Alongside me, as always, Philip Steinmetz, Caleb Kaufman. Guys, how are we doing on this beautiful, not too cold Tuesday morning? We are doing much better than IU basketball is right now. I think everyone is doing much better than IU basketball is right now. So we'll get to IU basketball in a, in a second. I want to start with Bob Knight because that was the biggest news of the weekend. I guess for you guys, kind of take me through from your eyes what it, what that whole experience of having Bob Knight come back was like for you all. I mean, it was kind of, I remember um, we were sitting here last week kind of talking about like, huh, it's starting, like these rumors are coming back, especially because we all kind of thought it was going to happen against Ohio State earlier in the season. Um, and whenever I first kind of heard the rumors last week, I was like, I don't see it happening. And then as each day um, came, the rumors got like larger and larger, um, if that makes sense. And of to where like come Saturday, we were all like, it's going to happen. Um, so that was, it was almost kind of surreal because it was kind of weird seeing like grown men cry over Bob Knight. Um, but I kind of understand of um, how like how much he meant to Indiana basketball and everything, especially like I didn't grow up as an IU fan. I grew up as like a Louisville fan. Um, so I never really appreciated IU basketball or anything or kind of the rich history it has. Um, but it was just kind of almost surreal seeing that moment um, because I don't think I'll ever forget that moment, um, especially as a journalist, seeing Bob Knight walk out there um, and, and like covering that game because honestly, like I almost barely remember anything from that game at all. Like, everyone was so focused on Bob Knight and what was going to happen and everything that did happen. So I think it's, I mean, I think it's only fitting of, like, the way it did happen because I think it, like, I think the whole thing, like, turned out pretty well. Yes, uh, pretty much we'll cover that. Uh, I spent a lot of my time in the student section for that game, uh, seeing their reactions. So a little bit different. Students weren't as much crying as just, it was kind of weird because I actually talked to a lot of them. And people in the media were always saying, like, oh, the students didn't really know Bob Knight, like, because most of us were born 98-ish to, like, 2000, around that time as a student body currently. And, of course, Knight was uh, fired in 2000 from IU. But everyone who I feel like comes to IU, for the most part, knows Knight, knows the history of him, at least. And maybe not the specifics of everything he did at the university and why he was fired, but the name is so big in the state and throughout the country when you just look at basketball people know him and it was really cool to see their reactions of someone they never saw coach for the most part like how the uh, student section really embraced him coming back and were just as much into it as the older uh fans that were at the game and some things were kind of funny with them like 
just the situational awareness of students yelling throw the chair when he was sitting down i was like if knight was healthier and younger that would have there thrown were him so into many a- memes online of people talking about whenever he sees in chair yeah yeah i was just like my first i was like if knight was healthy and younger that would have thrown him into a frenzy and he i honestly could have seen him running into the student section be grabbing a kid but it was a cool event to witness and probably the biggest thing we'll cover at our times in iu possibly for a very long time after the student section i think is an interesting comment there because like i'm a sophomore i was 11 months old when bob knight was was fired freshmen here probably were never alive to see bob knight most of them at least probably never alive to see Bob Knight be at Indiana. Juniors and seniors were alive, but I doubt any of you I was, remember. Like yeah, I year, just turned two. It was the yeah. day after I turned two. So I mean it's it's not really something that students know. I mean the student the <coughs> what's what students know of Bob Knight was told to them by their parents or their friends or um, relatives or highlights they saw on TV, on YouTube, articles they read. And it's interesting just to see the way that people react to him because at least what I got from the way people were reacting to Bob Knight being there. In Assembly Hall, it was a very, largely a positive reaction. I think the people there were so supportive of Bob Knight. But it's interesting because I've always felt like with Indiana fans, because Bob Knight is such a controversial figure, you got the fans that were there would cheering, wearing red sweaters, would support him no matter what he does versus the fans that – you know, would never support him no matter what he does. There's not. A, and I feel like that skews towards the younger generation, the ones yeah. that will never support yeah, him. Like, I agree they, entirely. Yeah. Like, they see the, like, you can't co- cover it. Uh, uh, he was not in his personal life a great human being. He was a very misogynistic person. Still is. At, at I've heard. Yes. Um, just his issues with players and the abuse that came came out. It's all horrible things, but. When you take it in the context of what he did for the university and everything, and just especially the state of his life that he's in right now, I found it very hard to not be happy he was back and cheer for him being back at Assembly Hall. I'm not sure how you guys feel, and I know I've seen on social media and many people I talked to had a very different opinion, yeah. but I'm, that's just how my, what my mindset was of the whole event. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Bob Knight's whole thing is it is a stained legacy. I think that's really the only way you can kind of put it of to where like you have all this positive, but you also have someone's negative, um, especially like especially Matt, like after like because I've read your story multiple times um, throughout the whole process and just seeing some of the stuff of because honestly, like I forgot like like since like I knew the basic history of like Bob Knight, especially when the 30 for 30 came out, stuff like that. And, and like everybody's seen it. Um, but I kind of forgot, especially until I read like the whole parts of like like how he got fired and why he got fired and some of the stuff he did as coach that if if any coach did like one of those things now like it would be a huge thing across countries where like they would be fired in an instant yeah i mean you could have um, you could have yeah. done a three thousand word story about all the stuff that he's done in his yeah, life I mean, especially like it's just crazy to think like he kind of got away with all that stuff back then and just kind of tells you if, like how different the times are now compared to then uh, especially seeing, especially like you seeing people on Twitter, like why is no one talking about of what he did to students and what that and like and how he did all this stuff to like especially like the media and whatnot and um, how he kind of handled himself at times. But I mean, he was still a winner at like the end of the day and part of the time. I mean, it's a crazy thing that like that was probably the most important thing to the university close to. Um, but obviously, he got to a point where he had to be let go after, especially how it ended. It's just crazy in sports. I just feel like how. You can do what he does, but if you win games, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's it's a it's a weird dichotomy that sports has. 
Yeah, in my opinion. I, I completely agree. And he, I view Knight as the epitome of the like cliche line of you either uh, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become one. And that that is what Knight kind of became at. villain? Villain center, yeah. sorry, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Misspoke. That is what Knight kind of became at IU where he it w- wasn't to many still this great figure, but that tail end of his IU career just crippled his legacy and stained it and like just took this person that could do no wrong and now is someone that gets debated about all the time, even to this day, which is crazy, almost 20 years after he left. Well, I have a question. Do like you guys think that IU should put a statue outside of Assembly Hall of Bob Knight? Once he finally... Uh, passes i think i actually um, agree with caleb on that mm-hmm. i, I think yeah. that it'll be one, one, once he passes away i think you can i, I don't for, like statues for living people in general yeah but I yep. mean, for as controversial as he was if you look at him from strictly from basketball he's one of the greatest coaches of all time yeah um which is obviously not including a lot of factors but I, I do think there will be a statue at some point. I know people have talked about naming the court after him. I don't think that's going to happen because there's no reason to kick Branch McCracken's name I was gonna off say, the court. I, it's already named. Yeah, like it's so I like you can't kick out Branch McCracken's legacy because he won the other two championships in Indiana. Yeah. So I don't. I think there will there there will be some sort of permanent recognition to Bob Knight now that he returned. I think the school is able to do that at some point. I don't know. Um, I don't know who Cook Hall's named after. What it's for? That could always also be a possibility. Cook would be uh, the uh, Bob Bill Cook, something Cook, <laughs> the guy who owns like 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 uh, the Cook Medical Group. Like he's like a billionaire. Uh, he does, he just uh, doesn't sound like university trying to trying to piss yeah. him off. So Cook Hall probably is not yeah. going to be renamed. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> no, he uh, uh, Cook is very is a very is a very well off man. All right. Um, so. I was just thinking I, of things around the basketball program that could be named. If yeah, they're I, looking. I, I mean, like the night practice facility at Cook Hall. I don't know, something like that. Um, not our issue to, that we have to worry about. But I, I do think there'll be some sort of permanent recognition. Yeah. If I, I was mean, listening, I do have plenty of ideas if you if you need them. <laughs> I I would also add that um, I think on the way I saw the night uh, returns, I I personally think I had the best media seat in Assembly Hall for this. And 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 thank you, Caleb, for. Working your magic to get us a uh, media row seat, but I had no problem. I had the media row seat, which is the the for, very far for, in. Yeah, so like for people who like aren't in Assembly Hall, when you're watching a game on TV, you see that like IU Credit Union sign on the table. That's like the low media area, and Caleb was able to get us a seat on the end of that media table, closest to the tunnel where Bob Knight came out. And because of that, I was able to see Knight's head kind of slowly come down the tunnel where everyone else had to watch it on the scoreboard. I could actually see him in person coming down the tunnel. And that was a very cool thing to just like see him kind of slowly getting closer and, and closer. And it was perfect for your story. Yeah, it worked out beautifully. <laughs> I, it was the it was it was really the perfect spot in Assembly Hall to be to be sitting, I think at least, because you could see the whole thing happening. You could see his face perfectly and everything that you saw on TV. I mean, you could see and I, I talked to uh ESPN broadcaster uh, Bob Oshusen after the game, he was on the courts. I went over to say hi, and he was saying just like it was a really incredible thing to just watch what was happening on on the screen in, in front of him at, at the broadcast booth, and just see how much it all meant to him and see Knight's face. And it was it was a very even for everything in his past, the emotion of it was a very cool thing to think be in the building for. And it, you guys used 
Yeah. Surreal is a really good word. I think the coolest thing we're ever going to cover, or at least the most notable thing we're ever going to yeah. cover yeah. at IU. That's I, I'm a sophomore and I'm fully content. I knowing mean, that's the, the best bowl thing game. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I, I'm a sophomore. When, when IU goes to the BCS national championship game next year, we can the, talk. The, is the okay. BCS in national championship. Oh, sorry, <laughs> whatever. In all seriousness, college football playoff. I'm an old I, I, I don't know if okay, like obviously football going to the playoff would be like a big deal. That's not going to happen. But like in theory, if it if it does happen. I don't even know if that's like one hundred percent a bigger story than Bob Knight coming. Back. I think the only thing that will come close to it in a, for a very long time, if IU somehow gets to a national championship in basketball, or yeah. even like a Final Four. Yeah, they have to do yeah. something in because the thing with this with this school is even with basically every program around men's basketball is so successful right now for the most part, not all of them, but like most programs. The, no like, one cares. Like let's like you could in theory have football and baseball win because I think those are the. Uh, Baseball, I think maybe I use closest team. Soccer also. So oh, soccer, I apologize. So- yeah. Soccer, soccer for sure. Swimming's always up there. Baseball's very good. Football's trending in the right direction, but football's obviously not at a championship level for, right right now, or right as, now. as Tom Allen would hope to get at some point. Um, but I mean, I use a lot of teams that can, that are capable of competing for championships are competing for championships for right now. And even if all of those teams won, if swim, if swimming won, if soccer won, <coughs> if baseball went back to the College World Series, if women's basketball went on a run, no one's going to care. And that's, the, I think, what's so unfortunate about this program is that it, it is all live or die by men's basketball. And that's just the state. That's, I mean, that's what Bob Knight did to this program is that it, it, no matter what happens, men's basketball will be the determining factor. That's why Fred Glass is being viewed as maybe even a failure as an athletic director by a lot of people, even for everything he brought to this program, for the money he fed into it, for everything he's changed. The fact that men's basketball has not gotten any better, well, it, it's gotten better since when he got here, because when he got here, it was a disaster. But like the fact that it's not at a nationally relevant level every year, people are looking at him as a failure, and I think that's a really unfortunate part of the way this athletic program is. Yeah, 100%. And Correct me if I'm wrong, because I believe you covered the team our freshman year, men's soccer. I uh, covered them last year. Last year. But my freshman year. Your freshman year. But yes. So my freshman year, if I remember correctly, the team was undefeated. They never trailed going into the uh, national championship game. Yeah. Correct. Until it, overtime. Until overtime. Game, right? They, they yeah. trailed lost. for zero seconds and to lost. Stanford? Stanford, yeah. yeah. And people like pay attention, but still no one cared. No one talked about it on campus. And like that's one of the best teams you can have. No, and, even like they went to... Like they like like they went to back to back college cups. Yeah, and even like last year, like, it, I mean, it was a lot of hype. But at the same time, like, it's, it's not like even Ar- compared to even whenever IU defeated Florida State. Yeah, like it's not I like remember, Armstrong remember, was or, or especially like the Michigan State game. Like people were, it was crazy. Well, yeah. for for this game, that's a kind of a good segue. Also, sure, yeah. Um, Let's segue over into current IU basketball. Yes. The, the current uh, this game, students were camped out. Oh, from that was ten thirty. PM the night before when I was I talking to them. I feel very sorry for them in the game. It was, that, like, they had like, to watch. For people that don't know, it was snowing that night. It was like I've under never 20 seen degrees. The line that long. The, the line well, it was swung around. The line swung it around to Wilkinson Hall and back to the right. Split, split three directions. It went like in a square in the parking lot, and it went all the way down toward like the football stadium too, and Wilkinson Hall, which are opposite directions. So I was talking. Yeah, to, I didn't know where it started and ended. I, yeah, so, yeah I, honestly. So I was talking to one of the junior SIDs uh, for basketball who I'm friendly with. And he said the back entrance assembly, I don't know what direction that is. is that would the, be north, I think. The north entrance. That line went to the, for people who know the area, the orange gate that, like, blocks off the parking lot from, is that Fess Ave? That's where the- Fee. Door, Fee. Yeah. 
from Fee Ave, that's where the line like backed up Jeez. to on that side. And that's wrapping around from the main door of Assembly Hall. That's almost like a quarter mile line if you look at the total yeah. distance. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I know even like they had to start funnel like like funneling students up top. Like you got to think like IU has the biggest two to section in the country. Yeah. It's like and if, it's no, it's eighty two hundred. Jeez. It, that sounds right. I yeah. Just, well, no. Right. I don't well, know. Exactly no, and even like, like I was told like if it was cut in half, IU would have like a like top five largest student yeah. section in the country. Which is so, a, a, which it's crazy really to think like it didn't program. even start till what like two thousand seven and something they, like that. So, so when I was talking to people uh, about the game and everything, one people I talked to was a security guard. She was like, "We had to let student like we had to break our protocol, and we were like, we had to let them in because there's nowhere else for students to go outside the stadium. So they like let them in in half an hour early because they're like it's too rowdy to having like eight thousand oh, students outside yeah. in the freezing cold. Like you you don't want that many students in general being together yeah. and they're I mean, like it's a hazard just it was almost like a riot. It was crazy yeah. Close to. i mean coupling that with i think i mean obviously like purdue is going to bring, bring a crowd yes crowd, but the students knew bob what knight and everything yeah. of that too and i think that's why it was pre-game every everyone yeah. talking every, every murmur in the stadium was about bob knight and yeah. the hype around that especially event. because like i wonder when bob knight actually got to cook hall he got there in time for the start of the game so he he watched the well i was about to say i was like there's no way he's walking in with all those fans yeah. around it so, so 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 he watched he came certainly like, i think like right around tip off because he watched the first half well i don't i don't know exactly when he got there but I, he was definitely there and they were like having their own reunion and yeah hall. yeah i just didn't know if like um, students were the out photos there like isaiah and him and all the players yeah because because they set up they set up yeah, tables. Yeah, they like reception thing. Yeah, yeah, like they they put tables like on the practice court in Cook Hall, and they were all watching it there. Um, I, they, they never actually watched the game in Assembly Hall, and they and frankly, it sounded like from the post game interview we had with uh, Randy Whitman and they barely Mike, watched the Mike game. What's it? They barely watched the game. Yeah, which um, I think is understandable and kind of a yeah. cool thing. Yeah. Well, they I also mean, didn't really need to watch the game. Yeah. It was not a pretty game. Right. N- none of them. None of them were there. No one that was there for the reunion was there for the basketball game. They were there for for Bob Knight. And, and yep. even I believe it was Whitman that said none of them were even really there for the reunion. He was. He said that like we've had a reunions before. We've seen each other. We like his team, the eighty team, still talks to each other. Still, they were there for Coach Knight once they kind of convinced him, knew he was coming. That. Yeah. They wanted to see him in Assembly Hall and see what the moment was for him. Everything was about night for that game, deservedly so, but in a very positive light. And just the spectacle of it and the uh, redemption is the wrong word, but the redemption of him coming back to Assembly Hall for the first time. So let's transition from there then into the actual game itself. I don't know about you guys. I was very focused on Bob Knight, so I barely watched that. Basketball I have game. like ten total notes. I, watched I think. Them, from well, the like game. I had to do like the instant recap, so I kind of had to watch the game. So well, so that, so then so the you're carrying the load here. So <laughs> yeah, I was now lost four straight. Bob not Knight, ye- Bob Knight, y'all play defense at halftime. They did not play defense. That was um, my lead. They, 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 yeah, they <laughs> needed for saying my lead, Cohen. <laughs> they, they allowed Purdue shoot like fifty-two percent in the first half. They needed yeah. defense. Yeah, that total is, run really just kind of. And and this it. keep in mind is a Purdue team that has had performances where they shoot the ball so well, but this was not one of those type of performances. But, right, but they have performances that are somewhat resembling this at Mackey. This was not at Mackey. This has been a assembly hall where Purdue has been a notoriously terrible team on the road this season, whereas IU has been significantly better at home this season than on the road, where most teams have been. But now IU has lost four straight games. They've lost 77-76 to Maryland. And I'm and I don't knowing me, this would be the most on brand thing for me to say, but I'm going to anyway. 
Tom Allen said multiple times in football press conferences that don't let Ohio State beat you twice. Whenever they've lost a the game, like don't let it beat mm-hmm. you twice. They've let Maryland beat them four times. They have just not been the same team after they collapsed against Maryland. They looked so good for 38 minutes of that game, and since the final two minutes, they have not been the same basketball team at all. They have now lost four straight, and as a result of that, IU is now only. Uh, so I put out the, the the bracket matrix. IU is now the the, the top 11 seeds. So there's five 11 seeds. Because you have the two 11 seed play-in games. Yeah. Um, I use the, the, the number one of the five 11 seeds. They are only now in 69 of 91 brackets. So they used to be in all of the brackets. Now they're starting to fall out of a lot of them. Um, in the in the in the bracket matrix, their mo their their average seed is 10.35. Um, they're mostly tens and elevens. The seeds they have there. There's a few nines. I saw one. I saw one eight for them and a couple twelves. So that's kind of the range they're in right now, but they are starting to trend a lot toward the bubble really quickly, uh, and it's, and it doesn't get any easier right now because you got Iowa coming up on Thursday, which is a really really solid. I mean, Iowa's what top 15, top twenty, top fifteen? There's somewhere right uh, in there. I think they are eleven at they're the 11. moment. If it, I remember no, no, no matter what they're ranked, I don't know who's stopping Luca Garza compared with Joe Wieskamp because that seems like the perfect <laughs> matchup nightmare for Indiana well, the way they've played this season. I think also kind of like you like can they afford to lose a home game? No, they can't. I don't like, like they, they have to get to twenty wins right, and they have one, two. I'm three, sorry, they're twenty one currently. Six. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so they have to get to 20 wins. IU, IU is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Eight games left. Eight games, and like they're split four on the road and yeah. four at home. So, and you got to win at least four or five of them. Like, I think— They um, got some hard ones. Illinois and uh, Penn State are both still at home. Well, also— And Iowa. There is no, no way, is Illinois, there is no way IU's winning at Mackey. N- none. And there is the, zero chance of that game. They're not and, winning at Champaign either. And is Michigan like his? Um, They're looking good recently. Isaiah Levers is back. Yeah, uh, yeah and they that's look good. the problem. Um, they, they put a hurt on State. Yeah, they've also had issues at like Minnesota and everything. Um, I think I could maybe steal at like at like Illinois. Maybe um, I, I don't just, see I, the I other. The other Assembly good. Hall is a hard is also a hard place. Well, to Well, like IU won their last year. Yeah, but I think Illinois. Um, but I think there's also Illinois, a much different hype around yeah, that, that team. This I'm year. a huge Illinois believer, so I I, I think they're very good. Um, but I think obviously Iowa is a must win. Every game is a must win going forward. Um, but I think if IU at least defeats Iowa, then they are like sh- like surely almost a lock. But um, it's just like Iowa might win the Big Ten. Um, they are very good. So, like, like I said, like Luca Garza, like, there's no way. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I was kind of thinking of like with like different lineups because, like, especially like what Archie said last night during his radio show of how like the energy is not there, like, teams not talking to each other. Like, he has to do something. I mean, I think he has to shake the lineup up. Um, like, he has to do something to kind of like energize the team, I guess. Um, because it's like Devontae Green's just not working out. Um, so I don't know. Like I said this last week of how I think they should start Jerome Hunter, and maybe bring Justin Smith off the bench or like. I saw. Do I've, you still start Brunk well, and just not play Deron Davis? Miller kind of Archie kind of hinted on his radio show. I heard pieces of it. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but he kind of hinted that he's kind of thinking of shuffling up the starting lineup and playing out with something different because clearly this is not working recently. Well, is anything working? No, but like you it, need to try something. But it's hard to say is anything working when they've used the same starting lineup and pretty much the yeah. same rotation for the last <laughs> what eight plus games. Yeah. 
And I said this earlier in the season, and it, for a while I was looking, I was looking like you know, I was dead wrong. But this is kind of playing out like a mini, a very less severe version of last year. They had their big win early in the season. Last year was Marquette. This year was FSU. You get can't some big collapse wins. in January if you wait till February to do it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, they're just a month off, but it's kind of like falling into the same type of thing where they're going to end up needing to get a win or two in the Big Ten tournament. Currently, they're not getting a bye in the Big Ten tournament if the season ended right now, which means they probably need to win two. This is just... It's hard to see IU climbing out of the hole they've dug themselves in with this four, probably looking at closer to yeah. six or seven game losing like, streak. I Like, I think... I kind of almost saw this, like, even though I predicted IU would win 13 games in the Big Ten preseason... Which I was just way off. I don't know why I said that, even though I said Ohio State would win the Big Ten, which looked good early on. But anyways, like just kind of looking at this roster, and there's no like this guy's gonna give me twenty points on on like any given night. There's no go to scorer. Outside like Trey Session Davis has always been has obviously been like the huge positive. Um and you kind of saw that with the way he was aggressive early against Purdue. Uh, especially early, like he kind of like made himself known and made himself like, and he was dominant early. How um, is he Big Ten Player of the Week? Just putting that out there real quick. I thought that, it was only Big Ten Freshman. It was freshman, freshman, freshman. I'm sorry, freshman. Yeah, I mean, I still surprising. Still, because Coffee Cochran didn't have a good week. Yeah, and those two have been by far the two best like freshmen in the. Oh yeah, f- the freshman in like the Big two Ten best in the country. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think Trace Justin Davis is obviously the one positive. Um. But it's just like outside of him, like you don't know who's even going to score double digits on your team. Like it's just like Rob Finnessy has shown some flashes, and even like Armand Franklin showed that flash, like showed some flashes against like Notre Dame. Um, and then Devontae Green has his nights, and the, like but like when Devontae Green's Few bad, and far in between. he is bad, and he's almost like he's almost hard to say. He's not like kind of like toxic for this team, like. Um, of just kind of like play the way. is toxic, not him. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, like his. There's not, his there's play not on the court. we know of. Yes. Yeah. So like his play on the court, especially because like when he's not making shots, like his energy is just not there, and like I just said, like the team's just not talking to each other, like they're not communicating. Um, I think that's kind of like whenever you have Devonte Green and Al Durham as your two captains, Wh- like which I Al Durham was- has not. Like I think this has been one of his worst seasons, like. I th- like I Given the expectations, so, yeah. I think yeah. yeah. I, I, thought, I did yeah. think early in the season that was a weird, weird. Yeah, it was a weird decision to make have Al Durham and Devontae Green be the only two captains on the team. Because well, I mean, bo- it was a team vote. It's so, a team yeah. vote. But I mean, like, like I'm surprised that's how it worked out because still, yeah. Devontae Green, it he's kind of been in a semi leadership role at times at IU, especially last year. He kind of had to fit that mold at the end of the season. But both those guys are not the most vocal people on the court. And I understood that Joey Brunk was coming in as a transfer, but he's the one that everyone talked about as bringing leadership to the team, bringing that vocal uh, aspect to on the court. And you see it every once in a while from him, but like just not being that centerpiece that you need is really hurting IU, especially when he's so up and down that his minutes are dropping slightly and you don't have anyone. Like Trace Jackson Davis, a freshman who's, also, kind of a quiet dude. He's not going to be the most vocal guy on the court. Justin Smith is not the most vocal. He's more of like a, I pick him as like an intellectual type personality player. Yeah. And then Al's, I just said, is quiet, really quiet. Uh, just all these people are super quiet with the team, and they don't have any leaders. They don't have a Juwan Morgan who was there last year, who was a semi-good leader, I would say. So they... um. 
I mean, I think looking at this at this roster, so looking at this at the stats at least from from a scoring perspective, Trace Jackson Davis still is the team leader at a thirteen point eight points per game, but they used to have four guys averaging close to five guys averaging double figures. They don't have that anymore. You have uh, Trace Jackson Davis, Justin Smith, Devontae Green are the only guys averaging in double figures at this point. And Devontae Green's only averaging 10.2 points per game, so he's very close to falling out of that, too. So you look at IU, and the thing with them all season has been the balanced scoring they've had. But, you, I mean, does balanced scoring only mean so? And so well, like, it's kind it of only going so far. Right, it goes so far if you don't, if you don't have a guy. Like, yeah. The teams, what are the top teams that, ha- that are in, in college basketball right now? They have that guy. Yeah. Maryland, well, you, well, Maryland right now has Jalen Smith. And, like, yeah. we even look at the Big Ten, and, like, Ohio State has, like, Caleb Wesson, and then... Like Maryland has Jalen Smith, or even Anthony the, Cowan yeah, is your point guard. And then even like Michigan State has like Cassius Winston yeah. and um, whatnot. So I mean, especially like you look at every team in the Big Ten, like the they top tier teams. Guy. Especially, I would say Purdue might be the only team that doesn't have a guy. Doesn't have a guy, but, but even then, Purdue's you know, also fourteen like, and ten, and also their defense is very well. Like Purdue's looking at, is like looking like pretty good coming together right now. Yeah. Um, so like they'll be kind of because di- I think they're a lock for March. I um, as uh, if, it, if it was right now, yes, I think that if they they still have some work to do, yeah. but I think they will get there. Um, but it's just like crazy think like coming in, it's like for like a past couple seasons, like past two seasons at least, I've heard people are like Devonte Green's going to be this, and I remember earlier like the beginning of last season, preseason people were like Devonte Green took that next step, and um, because they really needed him to be. That guy that you saw against Florida State. Um, I don't understand this. Yeah. Those people were idiots who were thinking he was going to double his scoring production. He is never. Yeah. He was averaging about nine eight. He's I believe like, going into the season, well, they're like, like he needs to average eighteen. I'm like that doesn't happen in college basketball. Yeah. There's very few players that can double their production. Like I think Devontae Green has the most probably arguably like the most like offensive talent on the team, but he also has like the ability to really bring the team down because when he's missing shots, like you just kind of see how it changes the team, and obviously you can see that from almost every team. Um, but he's someone that hunts for a shot at all times, and when it's not going in, he doesn't stop. Yeah, and he's not a facilitator. He's a, he's not a passer like Rob. He needs the ball in his hands. Yeah, so no, like I would be. I think Armand Franklin might see some extended minutes because he does play really hard, um, and he does kind of show that like he cares. I would say, um, if that makes any sense. Um, like I would like to see Armand Franklin get some more playing time, um, even though he's not the best shooter. I think he's a pretty solid defender. Um, and he kind of reminds me of like Rob Finnessy in a way of kind of like how he plays um, and how they're kind of defensive first, pass first guys um, who can both kind of hit shots at times. But um, it's kind of interesting since like Rob Finnessy, he looked pretty like he looked good at Guitar State and um, and he had a couple games where he was strong offensively. But like, I don't know where he's going right now. Does that make sense? It's definitely a very weird to see how far this team has fallen over the past two weeks as we kind of wrap up this podcast here. Um, I think as we look ahead, there's only the there's two games this week. We got Iowa on Thursday, Michigan on Sunday. Before we're back in the booth on Tuesday next week. Do you guys this kind of final question here? Do you guys think IU can win either of those games, or if you think they will win one of those games, which which do they win? I can go first. Uh, I don't think they win either of these games. Iowa has been, besides that shelling they got against Purdue, have been a v- very, very good team in the Big Ten throughout the season. Luka Garza, as we've talked about in past weeks and today as well, is a mismatch nightmare for the style of team IU is. And then going to Ann Arbor, if you asked me two weeks ago, I was 
saying that was looking very likely that IU could pull out a win there and get a steal a road win in the Big Ten, which is hard to do. But now with Livers playing again, Michigan's looked good, uh, especially coming off a Michigan State win. I don't see them winning either of those games, but if you had to pick one, it would be the Michigan game. But don't hold your breath. Um, I have to go on the record and say IU doesn't win again until home against Penn State on February 23rd. Do you think they're beating Penn State at home? I think because it's here, um, that maybe for a Sunday afternoon game. But I just don't think Things like get crazy on Sunday afternoons. Yeah, like I just don't think like I actually don't hate that take. Like I do, since like IU has has had pretty bad luck at like Minnesota and at, at Michigan. Like since like Michigan is a tournament team, they're going to make the tournament. Um, and then Iowa just has probably arguably the best player in the country in yeah. Luca uh, Luca Garza, who's such a n- matchup nightmare. Like. Like we thought, Brunk can guard Caleb Wesson and whatnot, or like Jalen Smith, and he's gonna have some issues against Luka Garza. Uh, Phil, I'll give you fifty dollars if you can, off the top of your head, guess what Luka Garza's high school mascot was. Well, I know the the best one. Well, shut up. <laughs> um, I would say it is not a Hawkeye. It's not a Hawkeye. not a Hawkeye. Just give it me is guess. an animal, though. It is an animal. We'll give you that. Can you give me the first letter? Bring it down to five dollars. F. F. Yeah. Um. A fish? Doo, doo. No. Frogs. Frogs. Uh, the, mer- the Murray frogs. Perennial Go power. Perennial power in the MAC conference in DC. <laughs> I well, yeah, like I did read that. Like the, I used to transfer and, 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 and the MAC, just like that MAC, not the but, real MAC. Well. Honestly, I'm not Where sure they're, they're beating they... uh, Potomac or uh, St. James. Sa- St. James. Yeah. They got some legit talent. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably wrap it up on that. I, I guess if I if I, I don't think IU wins either, wins either of these games either because I think Michigan will be the easier one to win, but it's like odds oh, on the road where IU's been so terrible on the road. Michigan hasn't been the best home team at Big Ten home teams, but they've been a pretty good we Big Ten home team. We will over. be there. I don't think they win either of the games, but if I had to pick one, I'd go Michigan. I don't think they win it, but I, I, if I had to pick, that would be the one I would go with. Um, I'm really excited for I would Juwan, be utterly uh, shocked Howard. if they yeah. beat Iowa. I would be shocked too. I just think it's just a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Um, it, it, they just they they have too good of an interior game coupled with too good of a three point shooting game. I don't think IU wins either of these games. And the losing streak will become six when we come back in the podcast booth next week. That's going to do it for us. For Phil, Caleb, I'm Matt. We will be in Ann Arbor. We will be in an assembly hall. We'll be back here on Tuesday of next week.